welcome to season four of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talk about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John. We've missed you listeners and I'm joined as ever by my ginger friend, Scooby. Mr. Moore. <laughs> Lovely to be back. Season four. Still can't believe we're saying that. If we think back to those lockdown days when we first started punting this podcast about, didn't have a clue what we were doing. Uh, season four sounds pretty good. I, I definitely don't remember one of the seasons. It was in like the depths of lockdown. <laughs> I'm season sure two maybe me. feels like a blur. I don't know. <laughs> season three was short, so I, well, I'm going to go ahead and make an apology there to the to the listeners who are hopefully still with us and have been with us all four seasons now. Um, you know, there was just a lot on last year. And, there was. and we're going to get into it. The game did not help us. It was not where we needed it to be. There were some silly decisions made, and we're going to deep dive on that a little bit, I'm sure. But we're back. Look, who knows how long this will go on, John? I just hope it doesn't turn like Game of Thrones by the time we get to season seven. Everyone's wishing we stopped one season before. But we're going to keep fucking going. We're going to keep <laughs> making this podcast, John. Season four yeah. is not the end. Well, I'll keep you away from the writing, Scobie. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> it's been a busy summer, though, so far, Scobie, isn't it? Scottish football aside, stag Very days, busy. weddings. We are, we're careering towards your wedding, John. So you know that's obviously in the you know in the in the in the headlights after a very good stag do in Lisbon. Yeah, we went to some non-league football in Lisbon, didn't we? Not there was a pitch, there was a pitch invasion. Yeah, the stag himself was uh, was on on the pitch, and we had some great, we had some pod, um, some good old pod guests. Jerry was there, Gregor Jerry was, was there, Gagan was there. It was all the usual suspects, really. Jerry didn't quite manage to bring his shed all the way to Lisbon. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't lay on the flight. You're no. not taking that on, son. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And you've made the move down to the big smoke again, um, Scooby. Yeah. So I, we started this podcast that was in London. Then we did a little bit of the podcast back in Scotland. And then now here I am back again in London. Just a bit of a yo-yo, haven't I? You're a big yo-yo. Big yo-yo. And yeah, my, uh, well, I say one of the highlights of my summer so far has been, was at the um, the Valley on Saturday, Charlton Athletics home ground. Aberdeen um, had their final pre-season match of the summer uh, against Charlton. And it was all going very well, 3-0 up at halftime. And uh, Duke gave me his training top at the end of the game as well. What a highlight yeah. that was. He, and I saw you afterwards. It was like the cat that got the cream. <laughs> you were absolutely buzzing. You'd had a few pints, to be fair. But you were buzzing. <laughs> you know what? They say, they say never meet your heroes. But I can now safely say always meet your heroes. <laughs> And I saw actually a couple of days ago, Lewis Capaldi was in attendance as well. Did you hear this? Yeah, yeah, we saw him there. We were sort of trying to give him, give him, give him some chanting, but uh, he wasn't nah. having any of it. I don't know. Yeah. I've no idea why he was there, but uh, yeah, no, good to see him. Um, yeah, back in, back out and about. Because obviously that Glastonbury set he had was pretty emotional. I know, I know. Yeah, I was at Glastonbury too. God, it's, it's been a long summer. This. <laughs> It's been a long summer. There's still a bit to go. But Scottish football's upon us, so you know that the summer, the end of the summer is near. We're, what, just under two weeks away from kickoff in the new season. Under, but it's two days, Scooby. Two days away. Two days. Two away. days. I was like, what do you think? Two weeks. Two days away. Two days away. I just, in the spirit of that, being, I've got the Hibs game on in the background just now. Yep. I'm up against uh, 
the the side from Andorra who they sort of embarrassingly lost to last Thursday. There was fan meltdowns. There was already calls for Lee Johnson to be sacked. But to be fair to Hibs, not without the disruptions tonight. They've got their third goalkeeper on the pitch. David Marshall <laughs> got injured in the warm up, and then the number two <laughs> came on and uh, did his hamstring. Uh, and now they have got uh, Boric, Max Boric on, um, who was actually playing for the Hibs development team last night. Any relation uh, to Arta? Uh, I don't know, you know. I don't know. Hmm. Check that in the back. Let's, let's check that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was actually, yeah, but he looks shaky, shaky as anything. I mean, Hibs defence looks a shambles, but um, going forward, they look sharp. And um, Martin Boyle had a brace. Marble. Tonight and was wow. taken off after 54 minutes and looked really sharp. I mean, this team looked looked pretty shite, but you know you can only beat what's in front of you, and they didn't do it last week, and they've done it tonight. So uh, good for the coefficient, right? Exactly, exactly. Look, finally a win, and it turns out Max is the cousin of Artur Boric. There you go. There you go. The cousin of the holy goalie himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I believe that was a segue from our shite patter about our summers into Scottish football and into fantasy football Scotland, Scobie. As, as you alluded to earlier, um, there has been a few updates, um, significant improvements to the game this year. There was one improvement that we all wanted that led to a lot of people not playing the game last year, and that was the fact that you could not enter one the same team into multiple leagues. This year, the thing they've changed, they've called it back to basics. And you know what? Fair play to the guys at the Fantasy Football Scotland Towers. They've sorted out. You only have to sort one team, ladies and gentlemen, and you can put as many leagues as you want. So you can play against us in our league, which is up on the Fantasy Football Scotland app. You can make leagues with your pals. Uh, you can play leagues with anyone. And that mm-hmm. is just a huge um, step forward after a few steps backwards. And you know what? The, the interactions we've been having on Twitter over the last couple of weeks have increased significantly. And uh, yeah, it's just been really well received. Scobie, what do you think? I think it's just brilliant. I, I think I, I just to echo what you've said, hats off to them as well, coming out and acknowledging it. They, are, they said it in the article themselves. You know, we listened to you. Um, they referenced all the points that I'm sure people barge them through the through the DMs with um, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, so <laughs> we're also on X. We need to start right. to say that, John. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, fair play to them. Like, we see what they're trying to do. They're moving towards this daily fantasy sports model. It did not work. And now we're back much simpler. And, and it just, oh, I mean, call me, you know, rose, rose-tinted glasses or something. It's like the start of the season when you th- when everybody's on zero points and you think, you know, this might just be our year. And it feels like that again with Fantasy Football Scotland. It feels like yeah. this could be the year. And I really hope it is. I hope it takes off because it felt yeah. like season two were off on the right trajectory. And it was just a bit of a disappointment for everyone who was so committed to it last year. So I hope all those big names, all the guys that are on the, you know, on the on the threads with us and, and have been big supporters, all the guys on the uh, on the other podcast, for example, and the guys like Sati and all that are, are back involved um, and, and hopefully make for a really good season this year. Absolutely, yeah. Superb. So, big change made there. What else has changed, Scobie? Well, we've now got deadlines at kickoff, game week deadlines at kickoff. So, previously, they were like an hour before. So, you'd get the team lines typically 75 minutes before the game. You'd have 15 minutes to fanny about if you could even remember to do that. This time, deadline at kickoff. It's going to be so helpful. You just look at the first game of the season this, this weekend involving Celtic. We're going to have Celtic team lines. So we, you know, that defence that normally knows who's going to play under Rogers, 
and um, you can have ample time to sh shuffle your your draft again right up until kickoff. So it's going to be another change that feels like a positive step. Yeah, massively, massive. I mean, I've never, I've never. Uh, well, we, we play the NFL fantasy as well, don't we, John? Uh, Unique season yeah. last year. We'll we'll call that out. Um, but that's the only <laughs> other one that's got changes right up to kickoff, and it does yeah. make the difference, doesn't it? Because you're still thinking, you're tinkering, and there's like minutes away, and you just got it in your head that you know with that one, it's the six o'clock kickoff for us here. We'll know it's the you know it's the midday kind of kickoff, and that's what you're going to be changing for. So yeah, really good, um, good change, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, good stuff again. And yeah, it just must take a lot, like from the tech side of it, to move quickly. I'm sure, like Gregor Smith, when we get him on, will be able to talk us through that. Was there any other changes that sort of caught your caught your attention there, or is they the big? I was actually using the browser quite a bit. I must have been in the two percent. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I was I was quite enjoying the browser. I thought it was quite a good format, but that's gone. I think you know, if, if we've got to live without the browser, then so be it. I yeah. think as long as we've got everything else that we asked for. Yeah, no, fair enough. Two percent use and probably a lot of upkeep. So yeah, yeah, no, good, good for that. So the way we're going to do this, this podcast, listeners, thank you very much for joining us again. If it's there, if it's your fiftieth time, if it's your first time, welcome to the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. Um, we are. I've obviously introduced the game, and now we're going to run through uh, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and strikers. Uh, we'll take a couple of breaks. And during that, we will pick out our top picks. We'll also give you some shite picks. And we'll try and give you a little update on what's been going on, uh, the comings and goings, managerial-wise and player-wise, uh, at most of the, of the teams in the, in the percentage. And John, to be honest, just like any other listener, I'm actually here to learn as well. Because uh, I've not had the luxury of being in the garden for the last two months, <laughs> sitting on my arse thinking about fantasy football Scotland, like, like my yeah. co-host. Uh, so exactly I'm, actually, it, yeah. I'm still unaware of what I'm going to do come the start of the season. So I'm hoping to learn a lot from you tonight. My, my, my garden has been the fantasy football Scotland. App. <laughs> if you can, if you can call that, if you, you can call, call that it. a metaphor and my fingers were the bulbs, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, look, usual sixty million budget, two goalkeepers, and then five is it five defenders? Five uh, defenders, four defenders. Five, five five defenders, no but in your squad, five defenders, five midfielders, three strikers. Oh, uh the bench trick lives on. If there's mm -hmm. a non-playing player, then there you're automatically uh your top scoring bench player comes on. So there's a few flags you can catch out there if you want to find someone that maybe going out on loan. Be clever with that. So let's start with goalkeepers in this part, Scobie. Uh, my overall strategy for goalkeepers this season, given that the budget feels really tight at the start um, of the game, as it always does, is that I'm going to just have one playing goalkeeper, one guy that I know is going to start every game. And then I'm just going with the cheapest 1.8 million budget option there. And I'm not going to rotate. What are you thinking? I, I think the same as you. I, I, it's so hard this year. I think I, I do you know what I think I think the values was another thing last year that probably made things a little easier in terms of when values increased so much it, we all ended up having squad values that were about ten million more than we started with right so you could basically rest, afford yeah. you could afford everything and everyone and actually going back to I mean and I wonder what they're going to do this year with that and tightening it up because I'm at a point where I've got just about a kind of starting eleven I'm happy with. And then my four bench players are are all you know barrel scrapers. It's like mm -hmm. lowest of the low just to make the budget work. So mm -hmm. I think I think you've got to go uh, from a goalkeeping point of view with one solid choice um, and another one that's just your one point eight million. Yeah, know, on the obviously, obviously the other risk as well if you have two keepers that are both um, both starting is actually picking a clean sheet is honestly like top 
tossing the coin, oh, especially with, yeah. uh, in Scottish football. You just never know what what side of the team is going to turn up. So, uh, goalkeepers wise, I think the biggest news in the summer uh, for goalkeepers in the cinch is the signing of Trevor Carson by Dundee. This is um, that really good. That says everything you need to know about the goalkeeper transfers this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is interesting. The, the massive signing that was. I think I think this Carson. is interesting. No, it Trevor is. It is, it is. Trevor Carson played 41 times last year and was arguably definitely top three goalkeepers in the yep, league. He was. Uh, at the Mirren side that were really, really unlucky to miss out in the top six. Um, and uh, so, look, I think like, Robinson's a good manager. He's clearly fallen out with Carson for some reason. And he's gone and taken uh, Zach Hemming. Um, those of you who remember, he was had a spell at Kilmarnock. Uh, a few seasons ago on loan, uh, we made like 54 appearances and like, 19 clean sheets. That was all in the championship, I believe. Uh, but he's also had spells at Darlington and Hartlepool. So, you know, he's 23, Zach Hemming, so a lot younger than Carson. But um, I'd say I'd say it's a risky move. And I think it's a great signing for uh, for Tony Doherty's Dundee. Obviously, uh, Tony Doc, um, Derek McInnes is number two for so long yep. um, has now taken up his first managerial position at Dens Park. And how do you think, what do you, you know, you, you know uh, Doherty from his Aberdeen days, of course, like, what do you make of that appointment of, of you know, Bora was, did, a, did a great job last year, obviously, got them up and it was about the day after they got promoted to basically <laughs> already agreed his contract elsewhere and that was it. Yeah. Was so uh, they had to move fast. It seems like quite a canny appointment. Yeah, I think so. Look, I think Tony Doherty's always as any number two would probably always had eyes on, on making that step up and yeah. just waiting for the right opportunity to get. And yeah, I mean, what an opportunity to go to a side that's been newly promoted. He's He's been given a bit of leeway with the signings. I mean, for instance, Carson is, has been bought on a fee. So you don't see that often. It's undisclosed. So we're not sure how much, probably not a lot, but they've backed him. He's made 11 signings this summer, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And look, what's his style going to be? If you look at um, the League Cup games in particular, seems to be playing a back three. Uh, which McInnes did start to has started to favour sort of towards um, the sort of end of end of well the last like five years anyway. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to watch that style. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, is Carson a viable option? You know, taking the goalkeeper of the team that got promoted last year is probably pretty risky. Um, and I'd say Hemming at St Mirren's quite a risky shout. So actually, I'm probably not picking either of those Scobian goals. Probably not. I just wanted to call out as well within those 11 signings for Dundee. I think Joel Shaughnessy was a good bit of business as well. Another one that followed Carson. Uh, well, actually, sorry, yeah. Carson followed him. I think Shaughnessy went first, didn't he? So uh, yeah. from St. Mirren and another guy that had been a bit of a stalwart there, for, you know, and a regular premiership starter over the last few years. So, yeah, I've always thought Shaughnessy was quite a good player. I know he's yeah. probably getting on a bit now, but that's a, that's a good bit of business for Dundee. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's going to be Xander Clark. I think we'll probably come on to talk about Hearts um, later on in the episode. Um, but I think if you look at Hearts' start to the season, um, it's very favourable. Um, I'd say I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm resisting the urge to start talking about Hearts. But, you know, it's, 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 I think Xander Clark looks like quite a good yeah. option there. He's 2.8 million. Uh, so he's on the yeah. more expensive side. Um, but I think you can, you can do a lot worse than him at the start of the yeah. season, obviously, with Gordon still being out. Um, and it looks like that's still Clark's jersey for now. Yeah. And 18% of the game would agree with you, Scobie. Uh, Xander Clark, currently the second most popular. Um, goalkeeper in the game. Yep. Uh, one one keeper that's slightly less picked, 5%, Slim Al George of uh, Livingston. Mm. Uh, I think looking at Livy this season, um, they've had a tough summer. Martindale is looking down, is speaking quite downbeat. 
saying that he, they've had a lot of conversations with players that they'd like to sign, but just financially cannot get them over the line. The budget is really, really tight at Livingston, like it is every year, but it feels like it is even more. They're trying to sell Nuble. Yeah, there hasn't really been any any um hasn't really been a huge amount of interest there. Maybe it's because the one million asking price is too much. Um, and if, if they got the money for that, then maybe they'd be allowed to get some more. So, yeah. And look, I think Anderson was meant to be going to um, Tbilisi, wasn't he? To join Steve Keane's army. Um, <laughs> but he didn't fancy it. He preferred the uh, the comforts of the Tony Macaroni and West Lothian rather than going to join Steve Keane in Tbilisi. So I think Slav George, you know, Slavia have always got half-decent defence. Um, could be that more budget goalkeeping option, potentially. Yeah, I think that's 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 true. I mean, yeah, the Nubly thing's a bit of a shame for for, for Livingston talking of them. And you know, he's obviously their top scorer last year, seven goals. Um which <laughs> it's not much. <laughs> absolutely shite to be honest. <laughs> but you know, somehow, somehow they didn't get relegated. Um and because uh, of their defense. That's yeah, why it's we because need to defense, which we're gonna come on to. Uh, and and Mr. George, of course. But yeah, Nubly, I think it's a bit of a shame because they pretty openly wanted to go and you know, they I think they saw it as another kind of Lyndon Dykes moment where they could where they could get some money for it. They were comparing it to to Van Veen at Motherwell, who um, uh-huh. you know, just for the record, scored a hell of a lot more goals than that, 25. Um, in the league, so yeah, but Nubly, like he's a good player. He's a, he's a nuisance in the box. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking about him as a selection. Um, you know, it, when we get to forwards later on in this episode, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame for them. Nothing else yeah. really to note in terms of incoming traffic at the macaroni. So um, yeah, pretty. But yeah, think- Martindale's proved a lot of people wrong over the last two seasons, so maybe he'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was telling when he said every player with a year left on his contract at Livingston is for sale. Um, just to sort of show this. Not everyone to mince his words, is he? No, no, exactly, no, no, no. exactly not. Um, should we just cover a couple more options in goalkeeping before we before we move on? Uh, the 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 top uh, selected is actually Kel Roos at Aberdeen. He was improving towards the end of last season, and uh, Barry Robson's got quite a mean defensive record, so that's not a bad option. Jack Butland is the new toy we've got and big summer signing from rangers uh 30 year old so he's like pretty good age you think they'll be coming into the peak of his career and played in the premier league as well i think got 44 clean sheets in the premier league out of 160 appearances so some pretty decent pedigree coming there and so there are two options and then i'd say joe hart avoid looks gone um and i'm surprised celtic haven't replaced him already yeah i think so i think so i'm probably sniffing around a replacement for him maybe in this closing uh period of the uh, you know of the of the transfer window um i think there's a few avoids out there and we're, and we're gonna probably talk more about him but i'd be looking at kathleen kelly as an avoid at the moment with motherwell okay. yeah you know not not in on that uh, david marshall you know he's, he's obviously just got injured tonight but he also looked pretty terrible um, last week, so maybe it was a maybe it was a good thing that he got injured in the in the warm up tonight. Uh, someone's done them a favor, so yeah, it's it's pretty slim pickings, isn't it? I wonder who will emerge. It's not been really a a kind of top goalie that stood out and scored a lot of points since. I kind of think back to you know McLaughlin that year scored quite a lot of points when he had the run and and Rangers had all those clean sheets. What was that yeah. three years ago? It's not really been that many goalkeepers. That have, uh, Gordon's, I guess, had his, his spurts where he scored quite a lot, but it's a mm-hmm. tough position. I don't think it's worth investing much in. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think if you're going over three million into that premium range, then it's yeah, it's a risk, and that's why sort of we probably would recommend, yeah, say a Xander Clark, a Slamal George, 
um, a Zach Hemming of St Mirren. Yeah. Um, Scobie, does that does that get us out of part one? We've introed the introed everything. We've done we've the introed, we've done the goalkeepers. We've talked about goalies more than I've probably ever thought about goalies. And I think we can probably wrap up part one. Hello and welcome back to part two of the opening episode of season four of the Fantasy Fitback Pods. Hope you enjoyed part one and we are now getting into defenders and midfielders and of course we will be talking about things beyond Fantasy Football Scotland as well in this regard. Scobie. John, uh, do you know before we get started, a little quiz question, do you know what number of episodes this is? uh, Are we on 60 yet? No, it's 59. 59. So next week, first week you see is going to be our 60th. There we go. Wow. Little quiz, little quiz question. Look, we'll get into it. And actually, let's this is going to be a great segue. Because I think in 59 episodes, there's one man who's probably been in our team since episode one. Yeah. I mean, there is no prizes for getting <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's not pub quiz stuff. It's um, it's James Tavenier, uh at Rangers, and we'll start there with Rangers because once again, is there any way in which you cannot have Tav in your team? Seven million, he is just just for the record that makes him the second most expensive player in the game behind Kyogo. I'm right in saying, um, yeah. but rightly so. I mean, his stats and his numbers from a fantasy perspective have been just mind boggling. Uh, for the last couple of years although I will say last year was a down year by his standards mm. Rangers obviously didn't have as strong a season they finished second there wasn't many clean sheets in there um, you know I still think Tad got a good number of goals I'd have to double check 16, 16 goals 16 9 was. assists 16 clean sheets and a shitload of bonus points as well so there you go. So I mean, that's, if that's a if that's a down year by his standards, then you know what does that say? Now we'll sort of reverse on that. Obviously, Michael Beale. It's been a it's been a massive summer of change. He sort of signaled that that was going to be um, the case this summer. It was going to be a rebuild. Um, Tab is obviously a major part of that rebuild. He's he's he stays. Um, but our source. Close to the club, no no prizes for guessing who that is. Thinks they've changed the way that they play completely moving into this new year. Um, so there's a lot of stuff up in the air um, in terms of Rangers. We don't really know what that starting eleven is going to be um, as we move through the year. And actually talking about defenders, I think there's interesting opportunities there. So you know, Tav will come on to. I'll let you have your piece on Tav. But I think the other side of the of the of the park's a really interesting one because on the left side you've kind of currently got Yilmaz. Uh, Barisic, and then you've got young Sterling coming through as well. And um, you know, view from view from as say our, our trusted source over there is that Sterling might be the one that wins out that battle. Yilmaz and you know isn't looking great. Barisic is looking past his best. So Sterling is an interesting one. He's only two point eight million uh, currently. Nice. So definitely one that's definitely one to keep on the watch list, isn't it? Obviously not for this not for your first draft, but um yeah, Barisic, I completely agree, over the hill. Yeah. Um, and Rangers need to be looking beyond that. Yomaz, I was being fairly impressed with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean if Sterling's often the better shout, then yeah, I mean 
Yeah, I mean, of course, Goldson and Suter you probably think are going to be in, you know, in in, in there and, and starting. Suter's got his injury concerns always. Goldson missed some time last year too. So the Rangers defensively, I think, we're saying Tavs and nailed on. And is he also getting the captain's armband week one? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Always captain Tav. Um, think about captain someone else and then captain Tav every time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's obviously going to be the pick of the bunch again. I think you can watch out what's happening there. I think there's also other things within that Rangers team where we'll go on to talk about them, I'm sure, again, in other positions. But I think particularly up front, you've got all of these new signings that have come in, um, a lot of whom, you know, no more Morelos. You'll be gutted in Pataudry to have seen the back of the large backside of um, yeah. Morelos. Um, and his matches. <laughs> we've now got Danilo... Dessers um, and Lammers joining the party, sort of new faces there. Um, yeah. So Lammers seems to be the one that's the favourite to start. He's still currently fourteen percent owned, which is pretty high for a um, for a new uh, signing. So again, a little bit of risk there, um, but interesting kind of battle maybe emerging between Danilo and Dessers. You know, does that also maybe spell the end for Sakala? Is it, are his days numbered? Yeah, Sakala's meant to be off to the Middle East, isn't he? Well, it's the talk of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you think he's probably gone. Um, I mean, I think there's too much uh, risk in who's starting up front for Rangers. We haven't seen enough of them yet. Mm. So, I think my, the only other Rangers player I've got in my team is uh, Todd Campwell, yeah. who uh, obviously impressed during the second half of last season. Uh, so, he's got a feel for the cinch. Um, and I think, yeah, Beal sort of obviously worked with them at Norwich or wherever it was before. Uh, they get on really well. Uh, Five point four million. I think he, him, and Tav for me are the two, the two guys I'm having for my Brooks. Definitely, right? Interesting, interesting. We're going to move on from there. Another team I really want to talk about um, in this, and again, it's sort of like thinking about where could we talk about them through this episode because I actually think they've done interesting things all the way across the park. It's um, Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock yeah. had a really, really interesting um, summer. So obviously. Kamarnik stayed up last year. Uh, that was priority number one for them, as I'm sure it always is, to just stay in the league. Um, uh, you know, and since then, uh, you've seen McInnes kind of kick on and I think begin to build a team very much in his own in his own vision. He's got a few familiar faces that he's brought back. Um, uh, Darren McInnes has got to have the most unimaginative signing transfer policy <laughs> in the world. I mean, look, look, got like it does work for him. And Ash Taylor's obviously gone down south um, away, isn't he? He's, he's gone away. To- Bradford, is it? I think, I think yeah. Can't remember, yeah. yeah. He's gone, but yeah, I mean, you could you could write it as soon as like Matty Kennedy left Aberdeen, you knew he was going to go there. But yeah, no, I feel like Kelly have had the summer signings that they kind of wanted to have last year, but probably couldn't afford it given it was their first year back in the Premiership. Yeah, and last year was very much like a let's just stay in the league and yeah, hopefully McInnes can keep us up, and that's what he did on. Pretty limited signing, like a really poor summer, really last year. Um, yeah. But because you've got that consolidation, because the revenue was there this year, and um, they've the board have now gone and backed him. And yeah, as a, I completely agree, this is very much a McInnes side now, isn't it? And they've managed to kind of clear out a lot of the de- the deadwood that was there. And guys like, I mean, Carl Afty finally has gone. <laughs> uh, that was obviously towards the end. He'll of come back at some clear, point. 
but they're clearing that clearing away a lot of them. But I, I really like some of the signings. I think I was really surprised that Kyle McGinnis um, was let go by Hibbs. Uh, McGinnis has had a lot of injury issues. Again, that's probably the big question mark around him. But when he's played, he's played well. He had a really, he's a great purple patch for Hibbs, didn't he, a couple of years ago, and um, and and looked a great player. So he he's actually in my kind of starting midfield at the moment. Three point four million. I think he's a really canny signing. Um, he's obviously brought in Matty Kennedy, Marley Watkins from Aberdeen, both of whom you know you'll got plenty to say on them. I'm sure, John, but. You know, good good signings, people he knows, but also guys like Stuart Finlay, bringing back Liam Donnelly, um, Lewis Mayo, you know, just some good signings, some guys that got some experience in the league um, that, they, that they can kind of build around. Um, Kyle Vassell uh, up front has actually been given the captain's armband this year. Um, yeah. So he's an interesting one to watch. So there's a bit of a shape of a team emerging. Um, I'm tempted to say they're my ones to watch, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think they are the... Are they dark horses? You can say they're dark horses for top six. So I think you've, yeah. you've naturally, in, the, in your top five, you know, everyone would have Rangers, Celtic, and then you've probably got Aberdeen, Hearts, and Hibs um, in that sort of top five. Look, all those those three teams have got big blow-ups in them. You saw Aberdeen yeah. last year go on a crazy yeah. bad run, but then still managed to finish third. Yeah. And you feel there's enough quality there for them all to just end up in the top six, kind of no matter what, yeah. which leaves one spot open. And yeah, I think um, I would not bet against Killy making that sixth spot based on based on what's going on this summer. Yeah, I mean they are just there, aren't they? But equally, they could finish sixth, or they could kind of finish eighth very quickly. They're sort of probably them and St Mirren, and you're kind of probably putting Motherwell in that rank as well yeah. of the teams that could be in that mix. I think then looking to the bottom, um, you know, Dundee newly promoted is always going to be difficult. County, and then a word on St Johnston, John. Oh, I mean, St. Johnston. I mean, look at that League Cup run, right? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, they play, the problem is as well is they basically played full, what their perceived full strength team is. McLean <laughs> put that out. I mean, he's got to be odds on favourite to be the first manager to be sacked. But it's not really his fault, you know? I think there's problems with the board, not really fucking, not really putting much uh, money behind them. Um, but yeah, they're just in such a bad stride. I mean, they got beat off. Air United, you know, you can ex- you can accept a defeat off them. I think that's fine. But to go and then lose to Stenhouse, Muir, and Sterling Albion as well in the same group stage, I mean, no, they beat Air. They beat Air, didn't they? No, no, they've lost all three games in the League Cup. Are you sure? I am bang sure. Oh my god, that's <laughs> worse than you thought. Oh yes, they beat Aloha. They beat yeah, Al- yeah. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they beat Alawa. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Four games they lost. I mean, oh, I, for- I did. I forgot about the air one. So they're Mark they're uh, they're a team to target. I mean, you look at their their opening fixtures. Hearts first up. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you know, load your load your team of Hearts, and then they've got County. We'll come on some County options potentially in, in midfield. Um, Celtic will all be loaded up with Celtic players. Uh, Dundee, Rangers, Hibs. I mean, you just can't see a win coming from any of that, can you? So, yeah, team to team to target, definitely. I mean, I did think we might have another sort of um, Alexander situation on our hands from hands from last year. You know, was he was he going to get the sack before the season even began? They only, they only just made him permanent. I know. <laughs> on a three year deal. I mean, yeah. remember, when he came up, when he when it when, sorry when he when he got the role, he came in and did you not get two wins, two draws, and that kind of final? Um, yeah, I mean, look, he steadied the ship enough to to help them avoid relegating going into the playoff last year. Yeah, uh, Ross County got away with murder. So 
Uh, but I mean, it's yeah. just, and, and a reason obviously we can pull them out is I don't think we're going to be talking about St. Johnson players at any point in this episode. There really is no one to pick from at this stage, um, sadly. Um, so yeah, I just wonder whether this might end up being St. Johnson's mm. miserable year. Um, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we might not be talking about them this time next year uh, as a premiership club. Yeah. All right, should, should we should we just run through some options of defenders then? I feel conscious that we've done like high. Yeah, level let's let's there. let's do that. So we've done we've done Tav. We've got Ryan Strain at St Mirren. I've, I've got him in my team just now. He's three point two million, but he was brilliant last season. Got three goals and five assists. We have a set a set piece specialist as well, which we love in fantasy football Scotland. Uh, Scooby, I'll ask your opinion on this one. I've currently got Stephen Kingsley in my draft. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's it's kind of quite hard to know at the moment. I, I think Kingsley's quite a good shout, and I really hope that Kingsley finds form again after the last couple of years. We've obviously brought in Frankie Kent, um, who, who I think is going to start. Um, he signed him this summer, quite excited about that signing as well. Um, when I saw the Kent strip hanging there in our in the release video, I was <laughs> confused for a minute. Um, yeah. you know, it was indeed Frankie Kent. Uh, Hello, you Kent. Yeah, uh, Kai Rose as well. Um, I think we'll continue to play. We're hoping to have Halkett back too, so it's quite hard to know actually with the with the Hearts kind of battling. But yes, I do think Kingsley's a good shout, and I think it's most likely. Here, here's Will. another budget one. If you go to Pataudry, uh Jack Milne is two million in the game, and um, okay. start at Charlton because Aberdeen have got quite a bit of a defensive sort of injury crisis just now. Uh, right. Reese Williams, who's been brought in on loan from Liverpool, is injured. Angus McDonald, who was signed permanently uh, in the summer after his strong loan spell, is also injured. Um, so, um, yeah, Jack Milne um, brought through the youth ranks, really tall, all right on the ball, like look solid enough at Charlton. Uh, he is, yeah, 2 million, 4.7% owned. You've got Nicky Devlin's looking like a really popular um, shout across the game. Um, I believe this is because everyone thinks that he's going to play right wing back. But as mentioned just given the um sort of defensive crisis he was actually playing at center half at the weekend right. and it was Shaden Morris who was playing right wing back yeah Nicky Devlin's 36 percent owns I mean that's got to be one of the top ownership um yeah very high game. but it's, he's going to be playing further back than I think people think he is so it's maybe yeah. not a guy to go for and John um, what about Slobodan Rubicic oh I mean Serbian six foot four beast uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, just uh, just been signed in the last couple of days. So how quickly can Robson get him up to speed? I don't know. I wouldn't put him in that team yet. But looks, he's he's of that. He's of this sort of that Eastern European uh, signing that Aberdeen seem to be making just now, which is proving really um, fruitful. I mean, look at Ramadani. He's just been yeah. sold to yeah. Italian Serie A outfit Lecce. Um, he was bought for a hundred grand last summer and sold for one point one million, uh, I believe, yesterday. So that's a million pounds in twelve months. Ramadan, he was a good player, had some really good games, but you can't sniff at that kind of uh, that kind of cash generation. I don't there think. Um, we'll see you in September, Ramadani. Out in <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. A few for me, John. If I can throw them in, um, a lot of chats that Bernabeu at um, Celtic might yep. be having a bit of a renaissance again under. Um, under Rogers, there he's three million. Lots of question marks in the Celtic backline, and really across the whole starting eleven at this point too. Very similar to Rangers, actually. Obviously, with the new manager, um, well coming back in. So yeah, but one to watch there is a really good price for a starting um, Celtic defender potentially. Um, I also like Will Fish 
Um, he's back, quite good ownership too at the moment. He's he's dangerous from set pieces. Even tonight, watching uh, the Europa Conference uh, qualifying rounds, I think he um, had a good header just from the corner, just went over the bar. Uh, but I just don't like that. Hibbs' defence looks so shaky. I don't think they've got a very good defensive midfield cover as well. And now the yeah. goalkeeping situation are on number three. So I'd be steering clear of defensive options from Hibbs. I think, as I just mentioned, uh, Findlay at Kilmarnock could be an interesting one. You know, I think it's not going to be guaranteed every week, but his price value is all right at two point nine million. Um, yeah. So there, there, there's some interesting, uh, there's some interesting options there. Some maybe a better year for defenders. It felt like it was a tough year on defenders last year. Um. So yeah. maybe maybe a better year as we move forward. Obelai at Livingston as well, quite a good value option at two point six, and good old Bevis Mugabe at two point five. <laughs> maybe guys to consider. Yeah. I, I, I did see somewhere that McGabby's actually not guaranteed to start for Motherwell this season, so maybe just keep an eye on that. One boy who has left, um, who's a bit of a stalwart as well, fantasy football stalwart, is it Yakoviti at Roth County, his final oh, left. Yakoviti. Uh, we love them. There you go. John, I um, feel like you're itching. We sort of started you off there. There's a lot of options to talk about from Aberdeen. Talk us through Aberdeen. How's the summer been? You've got a big year ahead. You've got European football to look forward to. Duke's still there. What's your yeah. analysis on Aberdeen seasons moving forward? Yeah, I think I think it's been a pretty decent summer for, for Aberdeen. I mean, Shinny and Clarkson um, have both been signed on permanent deals. I think getting late in Clarkson signed on permanent deal from Liverpool um, is a huge piece of business. He's a number 10. He's 4.5 million in the game. He's going to take every set piece. He'll be at the heart of everything good that Aberdeen do. So I think he's a really strong contender to be in your fantasy football Scotland team. Uh, Graham Shinney's just a great signing. He's just a, he's a guy you want on the pitch. He represents the fans. He fights for every ball. Scored a brace at the Valley at the weekend as well. So he's a bit of an option there um, on scoring goals. Uh, obviously lost Ramadani. Doesn't really matter from fantasy football Scotland perspective. Um, and then, yeah, the one one as well that we didn't quite manage to get on a, on permanent deal was was uh, Matty Pollock from Watford. But then, as you said, Scobie, we've now got this Serbian beast, so maybe he'll be good. Um, so, yeah, look, I managed to keep Duke and Miofsky, uh, which is really good. Mm. So, the, I mean, the big question for Aberdeen this year is there's guaranteed conference league group stage football. So you saw it last year with Hearts. They struggled with juggling two games a week. Granted, there was more games because of the World Cup. So maybe it's a slightly less intensive yes. schedule and Aberdeen seem to be signing a few extra players to make that squad depth slightly better. But mm. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge challenge. Congrats. Aberdeen haven't been in the group stages since 2008. Barry Robson's never done it before. Everyone still likes Robson. Um, obviously the honeymoon period is now over and people will be judging him, but Robbo's Reds are looking good. So yeah, my, my, my cheap shout for an Aberdeen player is Shaden Morris. Um, so he was injured for most of last season. Uh, he's a midfielder in the game, 2.7 million. He was playing right wing back on Saturday. And uh, wow. Gregor Smith and I had a lovely chat with his family who were at the game. And they were telling us that Morris is going to have a really good season and just to remember how injured he was last year. And he's going to be at it. And he got an assist. He got an assist at the weekend. Um, so I think uh, he's in my draft. And I think he could be a little uh, under the radar signing for everyone. Shout out to Shaden Morris's family. The Morrises. They were lovely. Love that. Love that. Inside scoop, John. Right, so Shaden Morris is there. I've had, I've got Lane Clarkson. Just thought, you know, as we're, we're moving into midfield now, I've got Lane Clarkson in, I think. Yeah, but I was reading there some stats. Lane Clarkson had the most goals per shot on target of anyone in the league last Ooh, year. It's a nice 0, stat. 0. 0.71 goals per shot on target. He was. He had, and he had some rippers as well, didn't he? So 
I, I loved what I saw there. 41.5% of the game have picked him, so I'm not the only one. Um, so, yeah, five goals last year, eight assists, wasn't it? So, Lane Clarkson feels na- nailed on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's a good shout. He's going to start every game. So, yeah, and as I say, on all set pieces, apart from penalties. Yeah. Penalties is up in the air. Mielowski uh, hit the post um, on Saturday from his penalty. Whether he keeps, keeps it, I don't know. And another big uh, new striker's joined you as well. Yeah, yeah, Sockler. Sockler Sorry. is, uh, again, of this... Another Eastern European, is he? Or Eastern sort of... European signing. You know, he's a good age. He's 24 years old. He was playing in the Slovenian Premier League last year for a mid-table team. Got 30 appearances, 10 goals. He's 24, so he's got good sign-on value. I like these kind of signings. It's yeah. far more exciting to see this than, like, Hibbs doing Adam Lafondre. Like, he's 36. Where's where's the... Where are you going with that signing? Where are you, What are you trying to make money out yeah, of? Yeah, he's... He's 36, but I'm not going to have a go at them for signing an Australian when Hearts is uh, modus operandi is Australians and Japanese now as we move into. Um... Yeah, but just the age profile, like all Hearts, if we're if Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen are going to get anywhere near close to Rangers and Celtic, we have to close the financial gap. We're not going to do that by getting in the Champions League. Nope. We're not going to win the league at this stage. Therefore, the best way to do it is to buy players at a low price and sell them on high. And that comes, you've got to get the right age profile and the right Absolutely. potential. Absolutely. Um, and it points to that Ramadani point. If you can do a few of those, then you're going to get closer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know, actually, I know you're talking about that, but Hibs have done it a little bit, bringing through their own youth guy like Doig, who's sold on and made a bit of money out yeah. as well. So, you know, and we're seeing a bit more of that as well. The Serie A seems to have a real hard on for um, the Scottish football <laughs> at the moment. So long may that continue. <laughs> they just seem to absolutely love it. So it's because the Saudis are buying everyone else. So maybe they've had to come raiding Scotland um, with all that. Well, it helps It helps with players like uh, Lewis Ferguson and um, obviously um, Aaron Hickey before him doing so well. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're going to keep coming back, and yeah, Scottish football players are. We always say they yeah. feel undervalued, and until is Ferguson not being looked at as well now by was it? Yeah, bigger Eddie, Eddie 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 was can, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can say UV, but I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's just actually signed himself on a longer deal just so that Bologna sort of protect themselves. But that's good yeah, as well because yeah. Aberdeen have got twenty percent, five percent sell on value there as well. So um, right, yeah. Right. Who so, else? Exciting times. In so, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us on to Celtic actually because I think there's a conundrum there for Celtic in the ah. midfield, and that's why I wanted to bring them up. But just to kind of recap, obviously Brendan Rodgers is back, back, back in for a second second stint as a manager um, at Celtic left and was very quickly that you know the knives were out and dug deeply into his back by those um ever um you know well, I think he's I think he stabbed the, the them in the back by saying he was a lifelong fan <laughs> <laughs> and that he'd never leave I saw him this week saying that he was uh he was so happy to be home and, you know, it made the absence made the heart grow fonder. And so, oh my God, shut yeah. up. You know, I just can't wait for Luton to sack their manager in, in November and then Brendan Rodgers to move there. <laughs> I, well, I just wonder how short a leash is he going to be on from Celtic fans as well? You often see that on oh. the second stint. I mean, Nielsen didn't get anything, you know, yeah. in his time and, and it did pretty well through those years that, he, that we had him back. So I, I just, I don't think there's going to be an awful lot um, of leeway for him if, 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 if they don't get off to the start that they hope for, which is winning every game. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. But with that, you know, what's it going to mean for the Celtic squad and particularly the midfield? So David Turnbull, 
you know, moves to Celtic. It was very high hopes for him when he moved there. He's obviously getting capped at Scotland level and sort of continued to be a, a fixture within the squad, but he's just not playing regular football. He was not starting last year. He's priced at five million in the game at the moment, which I think is reflective of the fact that, you know, all of those, well, all of those Celtic uh, midfielders are actually all in that very tight um, yeah. value window. So you've got O'Reilly, the most expensive at 5.6, Abada 5.5, Hatati 5.3, McGregor 5.3, um, Haska's 5.1, Turnbull's at 5, and there's a few others. So it's like, it's very compact. And I think that goes yeah. to show that there's obviously value there. There's traditionally a lot of goals come from the Celtic midfield as well, and assists, yeah. obviously. But nobody knows who's going to start. No. So uh, the take on it from our specky friends who, who's been giving a bit of input this week as we've built up to the season is that, you know, Hatati looks obviously the, the most nailed on um, and, and McGregor, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So it's who's going to fill that other void. We would have thought it was O'Reilly, but it seems to be some chatter that maybe it's not O'Reilly. Um, how do you handle and approach the Celtic midfield conundrum, John? So my, my favourite... Celtic midfielder now that Jota's gone is Leo Labada. I think from a fantasy world Scotland perspective, his output is is the best, like sort of goals to games and assists to games ratio. So last year in the Premiership, he got 29 appearances, probably quite a lot of sub appearances there, and scored 10 goals and got five assists. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another another couple of goals in the League Cup, another goal in the F Scottish Cup. So yeah, I I fancy him. And I think they did a bit of work to keep him in the summer because he was obviously a bit frustrated, but they must have known that, that Jota, or, well, I mean, who knew that bid was coming in? But maybe they knew Jota was leaving. So for me, Abada is the number one Celtic midfield option. Good intel. Well, but again, you don't know if he's going to start. Who knows? Tassi, as you say. Yeah. who knows? Who knows? I think it's really tight. Everything's really tight. I think it's a good shout on Abada. Um, I think Hatati as well, you know, has got a sniffer and goal and likes to get forward there too. So yeah, lots of lots of question marks around Celtic. I mean, the big thing, I think the biggest the biggest thing that they managed to do this year is is obviously retain uh, Kyogo. Um, we're going to talk about strikers in the next part, but I think it goes without saying that Kyogo, even at the value that he's at, seven point eight million, he feels well, like I, somebody you've got to be considering. But can you have him in Tav within the same yeah. team? Math, I'm yet to see a draft. I'm yet to see a draft new Scooby with Kyogo in it. So we'll, yeah, we'll, well, that's we'll, it. Twenty-seven goals well, last year, and I've not even got him in my team. What am I? Can I? Um, yeah, let's just get back on the midfielders. Some slightly more budget options yep. if you're looking to fill there. So one that I know that you thought was interesting for me was Ross County's Jan Danda. Yep. This will be his second season in the Scottish Premiership, so got his feet under the table nicely. Uh, he's three point seven million. 10.4% owned, will be on penalties for Ross County. I mean, County last year were awful, right? They got away with murder. I mean, how Park Thistle managed to bottle that second leg playoff, I will actually never know. I still can't believe that they managed to lose that. Um, but Ross County were top goal scorers in the League Cup group stages. Did you know that, Scobie? I did not know that. No. And then and one guy that Ross County have signed that I'm sure will be in no fantasy football Scotland teams is Max Sheaf. And he's a centre midfielder and he's been signed from the eighth tier of English football, a team called Redditch United. <laughs> that, is a, that is a reach, if I've ever heard. But maybe, look, Max Sheaf will be going on to be the sort of, the, the sort of Jamie Vardy non-league shout that we were all seeing there. But I am told as well that our both have gone one better and signed someone from the Essex Senior League. 
<laughs> Which for a Scottish Championship team is quite uh, quite something. John, as you said, you got to find the value. You know, you got you got to buy low and sell high. So uh, maybe maybe they're onto something there. Yeah, I like that too. Other midfield options that we that we've talked about. Um, you know, beyond Dan, I mean, Cantwell, as you say, is 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 probably the number one Rangers option there at the moment yeah. until we see how um that midfield settles down. Um, yeah, who else do we want to kind of pull out from there? And um, um, Levitt was signed by Hibbs. Um, he was obviously a popular player when he back in the day at um, Dundee United. It looks like a smart bit of business. Um, Levitt. Um, you think he's going to have a starting role there as well? Will, will he bring the Dundee United curse of getting relegated with him? Very good point. We can only hope. <laughs> nah, he's he is worth the world, is he, Levitt? Um, do you know who else was really good for Hibs tonight? It was Joe New? Yeah, um, yeah, four and a half million in the game. Uh, but as one of the guys, um, chatting on Twitter earlier pointed out, you can get Martin Boyle for 0.3 million more. So I think if you're going Hibs midfield, it's Martin Boyle. Uh, but yeah. he is coming back from injury, and that's now quite a few games. But uh, I think Boyle, he was looking sharp tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's been another one I want to pull out, and uh, it's been all all quiet uh, on the west of Scotland front for uh, St Mirren really over the summer. Um, as you talked about at length at the top of the uh, pods, Trevor Carson's gone, uh, <laughs> which sent <laughs> shockwaves across the league, of course. Um, but yeah, not much else happened at St Mirren. They signed Stav Nemani. Biggest Rayleigh, who's joined them from Maccabee Haifa. He's not exactly got a prolific record. I think he's got about four league goals to his name. Um, oh, I've got, so I've, yeah, he's, nah, he's... I've got a better signing for you in the, in the final. Oh, okay, part. right, but it's big staff. <laughs> um, no, but one one player I think will remain popular will probably be Mark O'Hara. Four million. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was really popular last year, namely because he's, of course, on set pieces. He's currently 36% owned in the game. Had 10 goals last year, four assists, quite a few bonus points as well. So um, Mark O'Hara feels like when you've got to think about it, that four million point, yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to do a balanced squad. Yeah, he's been he's been in quite a lot of the the sort of tinkering drafts that I've done. Actually, he's not current. I think I've gone Clarkson instead of him just now because it's that similar level. But yeah, scored a penalty against Forfar in the League Cup as well. So um, yeah. yeah, we'll continue on them, which is quite good. Um, and then yeah, yeah, I think you touched on him earlier, Scobie, but Danny Armstrong at Kilmarnock uh, has got to be a popular one. I didn't actually say Cal McGuinness, but yes, you're right. Yeah. Danny Armstrong, who was their top scorer last year, of course, with nine yeah. goals. Um, another one. It looks like he'll play up on the wings with probably Kennedy. Um, and then yeah. Vassell up top. They don't have much else up top. Kilmarnock, so it's probably going to be something like that. So I think, um, yeah, I think you've probably probably got something considering Armstrong as yeah. well. It's a nice the only thing I'd say about Armstrong is that because Kilmarnock seems to have improved in so many areas of their squads, I'm not sure they'll be quite as reliant on Danny Armstrong this season as they were last. I mean, he pretty much kept them up and was at the heart of everything they did. Yeah. Um, but as you, as you quite rightly point out, they've made some quite astute signings in other areas of the pitch. So, yeah, you kind of want talisman in your, in your, in your fantasy teams, don't you? And maybe he won't quite be as uh, talismanic, if that's a word, this season. Talismanic. <laughs> Lots of options in there. I think midfield is probably the most interesting you know, place in the game as well, once again. Um, so, yeah, lots there. Rivaled, I think, by the men up top. But will we get out of part two, John, and tackle that in part three? Welcome back to part three of the opening episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod, season four. 
Scooby, you you gave me a quiz question on the start of the last part, so I'm going to return the favour. I had this at the bottom of my uh, notes, and I didn't quite know when I was going to put it in, so here you go. So the SPFL was founded 10 years ago, and four clubs have played in the top flight in every season since. Can you name? I'll give you a clue. Hearts are not one of them. Hey. Uh, Aberdeen. Correct. Celtic. Correct. Uh, Motherwell. Correct. And... Um, Given what we've said about them tonight, this might be the last one they're in. St. Johnson. Correct. I was about to say St. Mirren, actually, so you've given me that. I was going to say St. Mirren. Yeah, yeah. But no, of course, St. Mirren would have to go in there. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Pretty good. Because everyone would fall in the trap and go, Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They let their club die. Everyone knows that Hearts are a yo-yo team. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue, John. (laughs) Are we talking about strikers and are we talking... Um, about Lawrence Shankland. Are we talking about the third top scorer in the league last year? We talked about Kyogo. We're going to talk about the budget burn camp, I'm sure, in a bit. No, we're talking about Lawrence Shankland. Yes, um, I think that's one of the biggest things the Hearts managed to achieve this summer. It's been holding on to Lawrence Shankland. Um, there was an awful lot of rumours around Rangers sniffing around him um, and a lot of interest from elsewhere. When you score that many goals, that interest is going to come. So I think we've done really well to keep to keep a hold of him. I think all in all, um, since you asked, John, uh, what do I think of Hearts' um, off-season? I think it's been a bit strange in many ways, kind of mainly... <laughs> <laughs> who, who is in charge? Can, I, can you answer me that? Is it Stevie well, John, or is it Frankie? Well, John, we have a head coach and we also have a technical director. Um, so we, we decided to split the job between uh, two people. But really, it's Anne Budge. Um, <laughs> he's actually coaching the side as well. Craig Levine's come back. Craig, Craig Levine, yes. Lake Cravine is our <laughs> assistant coach. And he's there. Uh, oh, no. It is, it's all been centred around this confusion. And, and it is getting a little bit odd. I think we all expected it just to be Naismith as it kind of was towards the end of last year. He doesn't have his licences, so he has to take a bit more of a back seat. McAvoy was obviously on the staff, but he's been a lot more front and centre than we'd expected. I don't know if that's a tactic, that they're just kind of rotating the media duties and things, or, you know, it's, it's all very odd kind of situation, but there doesn't need to be an awful lot of clarity over, um, you know, who's really running hearts right now. Um, but that aside... As mentioned, I think what really good start to the season. Um, it looks like, oh, and I need to check because we've been recording. We we may be going to Belfast. If I can just check the Crusaders score yes. at Rosenberg. I will. I will. I will run through Hearts opening fixtures while you're checking that. They've yeah, you give Johnston, me that. St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Dundee, Motherwell, Aberdeen, St Johnston, Ross County, and then it's Hibs and Celtic and Rangers. So yeah, up until that. Eight game week, Hearts don't touch uh, one of last year's top five. So exactly. they could be in for, and particularly given they've got St. Johnston first game at home, uh, I, I think we'll see a lot of teams with triple triple up Hearts. I think so. I think it's got to be done. It's such a, neat, it's such a great start for us. 
Um, I'm sure there's going to be some banana skins in there, but not having anyone, you know, until that late in the season, it could be one of those starts that we've seen from Hearts a couple of times in the last couple of years. I've just checked and no, Rosenberg did pip it, so we'll be, going, <laughs> we'll be over to Norway. Um, but they got taken to extra time by the Crusaders from Belfast. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about them, which gives us a little bit more confidence. They're currently ninth in the league as well. Um, but that's obviously us playing our, our first of two rounds we'd have to play to get to join you in the Conference League group stages. In many ways, I think there's a question mark as to whether we want it, just because it was so draining on our squad last year. Do we want to take a year to kind of let ourselves rebuild a little bit under the new management? I mean, of course, we want to be in nah. But Come on, you've got to be ambitious. Games. I'm just saying that's cover us. Um, yeah. But yes, the uh, the signings are starting to roll in, and that's a bit more interesting, I think, from a from a fantasy perspective as well. And then talking of strikers, I mean, you know, Shanklin's been the one that we've you know that we're rightly talking about. He's six and a half million. He's going to be in a lot of people's teams, but we've finally gotten over the line. Uh, a new Japanese signing, Kaiosuke Tagawa. We don't know his value yet because it was only announced today. Um, but I think Tagawa looks like a really um, good signing. He's come from Tokyo FC. He was on loan um, last year, but he's got quite a few goals to his name. Um, so we're, we're quite excited by him. Oda was also starting to play quite well. He's ranked as a striker within the game, as a, as a forward, sorry. Uh, even though he does sometimes play in that kind of attacking midfield, sort of second striker role a lot. Mm-hmm. And Oda started playing quite well under Naismith too. Um, so I'm wondering if he can maybe fill that void that, you know, Ginelli leaves. Uh, Ginelli who scored 12 goals last year as well. So, um, you know, Oda's quite an interesting shout. So there's actually a bit more competition. And obviously Liam Boyce back, Picked up a bit of a knock in 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 the um, preseason friendly. Uh, the other was that the defeat to Mansfield. The preseason defeat to Mansfield. Yeah, that was the mighty Mansfield yeah. defeat. Um, but <laughs> but hopefully, Boise is not you know because he's he's on a long road of recovery. So there's quite a few options in the Hearts um, forward line, and and we're also chasing down a Costa Rican winger. But more on him if we do actually sign him. Maybe. You've kind of gone against what my main point was. I think given that Josh Ginelli's gone. And I was always very impressed by Josh Ginelli, and I think it's a shame that he's that he's left Hearts because I, I think it's a weaker squad. But it should mean even more importance on Lawrence Shankland. Um, so therefore, I think he I think he becomes a more attractive fantasy football Scotland option. I think for them, my, my other Hearts assets as discussed, I think I'd be more tempted to go Clark and maybe one defender. Um, but yeah, look, lots of uh, lots of excitement around Tynecastle, and yeah. After a quiet start in the transfer window, it seems to be things are coming together quite nicely. I think so, and I think you know, we, we also signed another Australian centre mid, um, Callum Neunhoff. Um, so we'll wait and see. He looks quite a good player from what we've seen him so far. I think it's quite likely we've done a lot of late loans um, from Premiership clubs in recent years. So maybe that we're waiting for things to settle down right towards the end of the window, you might see another couple of loan signings. But who knows? I think the squad's starting to take shape and we got rid of a quite a lot of driftwood as well. Um, you know, I think last year got likes of GMS and stuff that have all kind of now gone. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident going into the new year. Another man that was very confident, John, who even despite losing to the third best team in Andorra last week, albeit they've made up for it tonight, um, Lee Johnston, he may be short in stature, but he's not short on confidence, is he? He no. guaranteed Hibs fans a good season um, at a press conference yesterday. Wow. I mean, that is just... I mean, any, any Scottish football team, that is just danger written it's all nice, over it, isn't it? Yeah. He has he has an interesting way. And um, 
I think mm. it was Tam McManus, who's a big tweeter, was saying that no Hibs manager has ever been backed more than uh, than Lee Johnson. Um, so yeah, they need to they need to hit the ground running this season. And look, that's a that's a helpful win tonight. But at the same time, the standard of opposition really emphasised just how bad that defeat was last week because they were absolutely appalling. They were. Um, but look. Hibs have done a bit of business in the summer. Obviously, Kevin Nisbet has left. That's the big news. He's gone to Millwall, um, and that's a huge void to fill. You know, he's been capped for Scotland on a number of occasions, and deservedly so, and was a brilliant um, striker in the top flight of Scottish Premiership in the last few years. So they've signed Dylan Vente, um, who has been signed from the Dutch second division, a side called Roda, for those of you not familiar with that. He scored 42 goals in 70 games, so better than a goal every other game. That is... Hot shit. And 700 grand they paid for him. It's a lot of money for him. And I know they obviously made that money, um, you know, from the sale in this bit, but the likes of Coventry, Sunderland, and a couple of Serie B clubs that were in the market for him. That's it's big money that, they, that they've paid for him. Are we quite excited about him? Yeah, I think, I think you've got to be when a club sort of puts that much money on the table and he's got a good goal-scoring track record. Yes, it's not in the top flight of the Dutch mm. league, but... You could probably put that league at the same standard as potentially the Slovenian league that Aberdeen have gone sign Sokla from. So, you know, there, there, there's definitely upside there. It's a sign, it's the kind of signing I like again that I'm talking about. It's imaginative. There's clearly a bit of scouting that's gone into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think importantly, it allows Ewan to play out wide. Yep. Um, I think he played through the middle a few times last season. And whilst is 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 effective, I think he's much better with a bit of space out wide when he gets the ball and he runs at defenders. And if he just improves that end product, which he did twice tonight because he got an assist and a really good goal as well, then he's a really um, good shout in Fantasy Football Scotland. Definitely. And then Boyle, we, you know, we talked about if he can get back to back to his best. Kind of came back and didn't really hit the heights last year, did he? Had injuries and uh, it just it wasn't you know working. But him and Ewan and... The new boy Vente. I mean, it could be interesting. I mean, even Deutsch scored tonight, though. So to be honest, if Deutsch yeah. could score, I would have backed a brace. Um, but well, he just he just goes a wee overhead kick, actually. But yeah, no, I've heard it all. I've heard it all, John. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know with Hibs. You know, I, I don't think anyone ever knows with Hibs. <laughs> yeah, week to week, nobody knows with Hibs. But you know, I I think I always kind of tend to look at them as the season starts and I gulp and think, oh god, they do actually look quite good this year, but. You never know with Hibs. Will they Hibs it or will they not? We will have to wait and see. Um, no Kevin Van Veen. So a quick word on Motherwell. We were sad to see the big man go. It wasn't really a surprise after he scored a billion goals last year for a terrible club. Um, you know, 25. Terrible goals. team. Terrible clubs. Harsh. I like Terrible that team. Terrible team. Sorry. Yeah. Um, being, being in the SPFL for 10 years, as you as you just said. So yeah, uh, take that back. Um, but yeah, 25 goals. He's gone, but they've not really filled the void. Uh, I asked our our, our resident uh, Motherwell fan, John, Mr. Graham, and he said it's just, you know, they've had to keep hold of that transfer money just to keep the lights on, um, such yeah. as Motherwell's financial situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at the striking options. I mean, John Obika was given the number nine shirt. I mean, I love John Obika because he will forever be remembered yeah. as scoring the goal that relegated Hearts. But... <laughs> He is not the man that is going to, and when we talk about Motherwell trying to get in the top six, is going to lead the line, I don't think, for a team like Motherwell to get into that top six. No. So you're really relying on your midfield scoring goals. I think Blair Spittle needs to have a huge season again, which he's more than capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Motherwell, look, Stuart Kettlewell had a really good spell, obviously, as interim coach and got made permanent, and they were on a great run last season. But... Um, 
yeah, they just haven't made any exciting signings, I'd say, this summer, um, and or even astute signings when you look at the likes of Kilmarnock. So it'll be exactly. interesting. And it's a thin go. squad as well. I mean, yes, again, Murray described it as a bare bones squad, and I think that's mm-hmm. fair analysis. It does feel quite thin. Maybe there'll be a little, you know, raft of transfers toward the towards the end of the the window, and um, but that's a bit too late. And you would you'd like to think they were back in Kettlewell. They brought him in. They handed him the contract. He did really well at the end of last year. There was a couple of, you know, anomalies within that. A couple of losses that kind of came out of nowhere towards the end. But generally, he was you know he was flying. Um, and uh, you know it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. I'm sure for him that he's not been backed quite as much as he would have wanted. Scobie, do you want a deep dive on Dundee strikers? I was just about to say, John, we've started with Dundee, and so there's (laughs) no way we could finish this episode, but on Dundee. I hope Dundee fans have tuned in. I'd be delighted with you. They'll probably just say I'm talking shite, to be honest. Right, give me it. Here you go. Dundee have three striking options. They have uh, Bakayoko, um, who's on loan from Forest Green. Uh, if you remember, Forrest Green had Duncan Ferguson in charge of them last season. They did. That went um, well. He, that went well. He's now been sacked. But Bakayoko, big target man, Duncan Ferguson epitomizes target man. So he must have learned something, or so you think. He played 19 games for Forrest Green last season. Scobie, can you guess how many goals he scored? One. <laughs> Zero. But apparently, according to some guy on Twitter about Dundee, he's going to start every game because he's the big man. And then basically, <laughs> Dundee have two other options off him. One is Zach Robinson, um, who is actually probably quite a good shout. He was on loan the second half of last season in their uh, charge the championship title. 12 goals, three assists in 29 games. Um, and then they've signed a silky Mexican striker called Pineda. Diego Pineda. Um, uh, he scored in his debut via uh, the Suns, Dumbarton, um, but not not quite guaranteed to start. So I don't know what I'm saying with my Dundee deep dive. Just, you've, had it. you've just gone really deep on the all three forwards, <laughs> is what you're saying. No one should, no one should pick any of them, but you'd be that if they want to, that's all the information they could want. Look, back at Yoko is 3.3 million. He, like, I, sorry, I was going to say that at the top of the strikers is that. I think I'm going too big. So like a Kyogo and a Shankland or a Kyogo and a Duke or a Miofsky and then like one sort of more budget striker. Is that what are your tactics for your three forwards? Well, I've actually sort of gone because I've not, as you've rightly said so far, had the Kyogo um, shout within my within my squad. I've kind of gone for quite a balance, Shankland, Duke, and I had at the moment Yuan in as well. So I've mm-hmm. kind of tried to go quite balanced because I think there's a lot of value across, you know, the the forwards there. So it remains to be seen. I, I feel like they'll end up being a last-minute rush and I'll just go for Kyogo anyway and I'll mm-hmm. make sacrifices elsewhere. But I think there's goals, is it not? There's a lot of goals last year. There's goals oh, yeah. this year in the in the league. Oh, in the league, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's goals in the league. It's not like it's one man. It's, there's goals. We saw oh, that. All right. There's and... lots of good options. There's lots yeah. of good I mean, yeah, look, one of the questions we actually got asked on Twitter ahead of the the episode, thanks for asking questions, do you go for Duke or Miofsky? They're both obviously like just over yeah. six million in the game. Miofsky, I think, is on pens, but as I said, he missed his pen. Duke had a really hot streak at the start of Robson's reign. Kind of came off the boil towards the end of the season. Was that because of the speculation in leaving? I don't know. Um. 
yeah, so you've got one of those two there that, I mean, they both scored 16 goals last season. Yeah. yeah. Rest with Aberdeen, obviously going to have European football. So, well, you know the teams at the weekend, unsure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where where else? Any other strikers that we haven't mentioned, Scobie? Obviously, no. you, you talk, talked about uh, Stav, Nakmani coming in from Israel after Beef, beef Curtain's main has, has, uh, has left. Beef Curtain's main's gone. Yeah, no. The, the, I mean, Kyle Vassell, I was talking with at 4.8 million as well, but I mean, I'm going really, I've really drunk the Kamarn at Kool-Aid. <laughs> the pie Kool-Aid, it seems, because um, I'm all in on them. But no, I, I will wait and see. I just wonder who's going to become the, who's going to be the heroes that are going to emerge in this well, that's what we that's what we try and pick. John Abikas of of, of of previous years, guys that we just we just love talking about. They will no doubt get an episode named after them. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll wait and see. Oh wow, Tagawa has been added to the game. I've just noticed that. Okay, they are quick. Those boys, three point nine million Tagawa. I mean, he's he's clearly not going to start at the start of the season, but that's an interesting price point there. Very interesting. Um, and the Very other one is remember Simon Murray who got signed by County, scored yeah. goals in the championship, never really got going last year. But maybe Simon Murray's found his feet. Yeah, I believe the chant goes: "Girls don't like boys. Girls like Simon Murray." Correct. Uh, yeah, look, as I, as I said, I think County might might be on the might have turned, but they were so bad in last season. Who knows? I think I think we covered the game there in quite a lot of detail, Scobie. I think anyone else that's still with us, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to put a couple more plugs out there. Please now follow us on Twitter or as Scooby Brother called it, X. We are now over 1,500 followers. We've had quite a lot of followers in the last few days, so that's great. Please, when you join the app and sign up for a league, join our league. It should be up here in the join leagues. We're like the third one down. Please join it. We have so no idea how many it. people are in, but it looks like a lot. It looks like hundreds. Yeah, 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 we don't control the league. It's actually controlled by the guys at FFS, but it's loads. So it's, join it. It's loads, and then you can call us out for chat and shite about Dundee. <laughs> right. Uh, right. John, I'm off to tinker with my squad. I don't know about you. So much tinkering. So much tinkering to do until that first kickoff. Tinker Ben. It's so good to be back. Season four. We're gonna make it a good season. Um yeah, let's here we here we fucking go. We will endeavor to do more podcasts this season, listeners. We promise you. (laughs) Right, cheerio, troops. All the best for the rest of the season.